right, guys, today we are wrapping up our series that we've been in all through the month of November called Hope for Mental Health. And if you've missed any part of this series, uh, or you know somebody that needs to hear it, man, you can go back on our app or the website, summithazard.com, and share this. I just encourage you to pass this around. A lot of people have said uh, that God's just used what we've been uh, learning here over the past couple of weeks in the book of Psalms to, to really just bring some uh, powerful change into people's lives. So just share that. You can check those out again uh, there. I'm going to pray again uh, because, man, we just need the Lord to speak to us here. We need God's help here. So let's just ask the Holy Spirit to come and to open our eyes and speak to us this morning. Holy Spirit, we come today and we confess that we need you, God. If you don't come and speak to us, uh, we will uh, miss you, God. And we will have heard a speech or a talk, maybe a sermon but we will not engage with you. So Holy Spirit, come. Come in my life and in my heart. Come in all of our hearts and minds. God, whatever distraction, things that we've carried uh, in with us today. God, I pray that we would not simply set those aside. I pray that we would see how you have been with us the whole time. I pray, God, that we would not look at the, back, at, look at the week that just passed and, and think that God was just off in the distance somewhere. God, I pray that today you would help us to begin to see that you were there the whole time. Maybe in small ways, maybe in hidden ways, but you've been there the entire time, just like we sang. And so Holy Spirit, come and be our teacher, be our preacher today, because God, we all need to hear from you. So Father, that's our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Amen. You know, I love movies. I love to go to the movies, watch uh, movies, that sort of thing. Uh, but there's one kind of movie, uh, genre type of movie that I don't like uh, at all. And it's horror movies, uh, scary movies. Anybody in here, you love scary movies, horror movies? Put your hands up. Just put your hands up high in the air so we can see those because everybody else needs to know these are the people to watch out for. All right. Right. Uh, keep one eye open with those people when they're when you're around them. Uh, that makes no sense to me because I'm just going to be honest. There are some things that I want to avoid. Right. Like there's some things I want to avoid. When it came out last year, all kinds of people that go to our church. Mark, have you seen it? And I said, no, because I'm not really interested in a clown that lives in the sewer. I need to avoid that. I need to avoid clowns in the sewer. You know, I just feel like I'm living right if I do. Um, you know, or every Halloween, people in our church, they'll invite me. Hey, Mark, we're going to a haunted house this weekend. Do you want to go? And I love you, but no, I'll never want to go. I will never want to go, in Jesus' name, to a haunted house. Oh, Mark, we went to this haunted house, and a dude with a chainsaw chased us. That sounds awful to me. I would rather get a roof canal, root canal or a swift kick in the face, uh, to be perfectly honest, because there's just some things that I want to avoid. But what do you do when the things that you want to avoid live inside of you? See, what we've been learning in this series over the past uh, couple of weeks, all the month of, this, of November, is that there are dark things that live inside of you and me. Isn't there? There, there are dark things that live inside of all of us. And, and what we've seen over the past couple of weeks is we are gospel people, right? We're not people of the darkness. We're people of the resurrection. And Jesus has stepped into the darkness. Jesus has beaten the darkness. And in Christ, it doesn't matter what the darkness is in me or you, Jesus ha has given us the victory over the darkness. So we're gospel people. We're not darkness people. Yes, there's brokenness in our lives, but we're people of the resurrection. Amen? Amen? Right? We're people of the resurrection. But there's still brokenness in us. There's still some darkness in us. 
What do you do with those emotions that, that we all have, but a lot of times as Christians, we like to pretend we don't have them? What do you do with anger? What do you do with loneliness or emptiness, jealousy, and you're comparing your life to other people? What, what do you do with anxiety and fear and worry? We've been talking about depression in this series. What do you do with those dark things that are inside of us? Well, well, God actually shows us what to do in the book of Psalms. The Psalms show us what to do in the middle of the darkness in our lives, the brokenness in our lives. So if you've got a Bible, open it up to Psalm 42. All right, we're going to be in the Psalms one more time here for the, as we're closing out this series. We've been looking at a genre, a type of psalm in the book of Psalms called the Psalms of Lament. And what we've said are Psalms of Lament are songs born out of pain. All right, songs born out of brokenness. And the Psalms show us how to talk to God no matter where we've been. And what we're going to see as we're in Psalm 42, if you're a visual learner and you need like a picture to really help you to grab the image here, Psalm 42 is like a wrestling match. I remember when I was little, I went through a wrestling phase. I'd get together with my cousins once a week and we'd watch wrestling. And about five minutes in, somebody was in a headlock. Right, about 10 minutes in, we were diving off couches. We were body slamming each other. People were crying out for somebody's mom or dad to come because we don't know if we just broke something. Right, that was as close as we were going to get to WrestleMania. Uh, if you know the story in the Old Testament of Jacob and God, Jacob, it says, the Bible says that Jacob one night wrestled with God. You remember that story? He grabs hold of that. He, he's actually wrestling with Jesus. This is an Old Testament, uh, an Old Testament encounter with Jesus. And Jacob says, God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Sometimes prayer sounds like that. Sometimes prayer looks like a wrestling mat where you're just being honest and, and real with God. God, this is where I am and this is who you say. Sometimes it, it's going to the mat with God. And that's Psalm 42. So if you've got your Bible open, uh, go ahead. We're going to read the whole thing today. If not, the words are going to be on the screen behind me. And here's Psalm 42. It says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Say these next three words with me. Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Psalm 42 shows how you can walk through the darkest moments of your life and still love God. 
Psalm, 40, Psalm 42 shows you how that in those moments where you feel like God's forgotten you, you can still hang on to God and your faith can thrive in those moments. Psalm 42 shows us what to do with the darkness in our lives. And the first thing that the psalmist shows us to do with the darkness, the negative emotions in our lives, those things we've been talking about, and you can really sum up this whole series with what we're doing there this morning, but the first thing that the psalmist shows us to do with the darkness in our lives is we've got to face them. We've got to face it. We've got to face the darkness. We've got to face the dark emotions, the dark places in our lives. See, a lot of times as Christians, we don't know what to do with our emotions, do we? I remember when I gave my life to Jesus, I was 18 years old, April 1996, and, and I was taught for a long time that when it came to what's happening inside of me or my emotions, you needed to completely ignore them, you need to gloss over them, they were any, they, anyway and always, they were all bad. And listen to me, you can't be led by your emotions, all right? You need to write that down if you're taking notes. You can't be led by your emotions, but on the other hand, you can't ignore them either. Because what God shows us in Psalm 42 is instead of ignoring them, instead of glossing over them, God wants us to face them. I mean, here he is, Psalm 42. The psalmist is depressed. He's saying, God, this is where I am. In Psalm 73, the psalmist is jealous. He looks at his life and how he worships God, and his life seems like it's falling apart all the time compared to people that don't know God, and their life looks easy. And he's jealous of their life. He just puts it out before God in Psalm 109. David is angry and he prays that God would deal with his enemies. In Psalm 22, David is afraid. In Psalm 88, he just puts out on the table that God, darkness is my closest friend. I feel like there's absolutely no hope. And all of those to show that if the Bible doesn't hide those things, you and I don't need to either. If the Bible doesn't hide those dark places in our lives, you and I don't need to either. And what the psalmist is doing in Psalm 42, he is pausing, he's taking some time before God to say, God, what is going on inside of me? And can I just tell you, that is one of the most powerful spiritual disciplines you can have in your life. One of the most powerful spiritual disciplines or rhythms that you can have in your life to help you grow closer to Jesus is the discipline or rhythm of self-examination. Self-examination, honestly for me, self-examination is probably in the top three of spiritual disciplines or rhythms in my life to help me to grow closer to Jesus. So when we talk about self-examination, all we mean is taking some time, taking a moment to slow down, pause before God and saying, God, what is going on inside of me? Now here's the thing, when it comes to self-examination, taking a moment to look inside of yourself and seeing what's going on, who is God and where are you at? When it comes to self-examination, you gotta be real careful because it can easily drift into what a lot of people have always called morbid introspection. You know what I mean? Morbid introspection is where the only thing you ever think about is what's going on inside of you and how you feel. And how you feel determines reality. How you feel on the inside and everything, your emotions dictate who you are, determines what God said and who God is. How you feel determines what's real. And, and what happens when we're there is we never take a second to look outside of ourselves by faith to who God is. All I ever do is think about me. How do I feel? How did I wake up this morning? What's going on here? Did you know you can be a Christian and only think about yourself? Did you know that you can do that and not even know you're doing it? 
Did you know that? You can do that when it comes to worship, right? Test yourself here. When it comes to corporate worship, like what we just now did, test yourself. A lot of times when we come to corporate worship, we gauge the worship service on how it makes us feel, right? How it makes us feel. Am I getting hyped? Am I getting energized? Are the hairs on my arms standing up? They are. It's the Holy Spirit, right? When you are here for worship, do you think about how you feel more or who God is more? Right? Because how you feel does not change who God is. Do you understand? How you felt this morning doesn't change what Jesus has done for every single one of us. But it's really easy to just center in on inwardly, how do I feel? Self-examination isn't, doesn't mean I make myself feel bad all the time. Doesn't mean I make myself feel guilty all the time. But it means that I stop at any given moment and I say, God, this is where I am and this is who you are. God, what is happening inside of me? Let me show you how David did it in a, in a verse a lot of us know. Psalm 139, 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Search me, God, and know my heart. God, what's going on inside of me? Because, God, whatever is going on inside of me, I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not just going to just put a Band-Aid on it and say, hey, nobody's perfect and just learn to live with it. God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to face the darkness that's inside of me. So the first thing is, God, what's going on inside of me? The darkness, we've got a number one, face it. But the second thing that he does is he questions it. So what are we going to do? The dark places in our lives, we're going to face them, and then we're going to question them. Two times in, in Psalm 42, verse 5 and verse 11 are identical, word for word. Look at verse 5. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Why are you cast down on my soul? Who, he, who is he talking to? He's talking to himself. Right in the middle of a prayer, he starts talking to himself. He says, self, why are we depressed? You ever do that to yourself? Self, why am I angry? Self, why can't I let that go? Why am I up all night worrying about them when I bet they're asleep living their best life now? Right? Self, why are we cast down, he says. And the reason that he does that is simply this. Our emotions are crying out to God. The emotions that we have on the inside, the things that are going on inside of us, at some level, something inside of us is crying out to God. See, we believe that God still speaks, don't we? We believe God speaks, right? We don't believe God's done. We don't believe God's quiet, all right? Now, now God speaks to us primarily through the scriptures, but God can speak to you in all kinds of other ways. God can speak to you through other people. God can speak to you through dreams, visions, all kinds of different things. We talked about it in the uh, Spirit series we do, did over the summer. But one way that God can speak to you is through your emotions, how you feel. One way that God can come to you is your emotions and the way that you and I respond to everyday life. If you're taking notes, write this down. This might be a game changer for somebody. The way that we respond to life or emotions, our reactions and triggers say something about who we think God is, who we are, and how life works. Our emotions, the way that we respond to life, things that trigger us, those things that happen inside of us, they, they are telling us something about who we think God is, who we think we are, 
and how we think life works. Let's unpack it and let's try to give some examples so we might understand what we're trying to say this morning. Um, uh, do, do you ever get angry? Some of you, you're too spiritual. Your halo is shining right now. I need to wear sunglasses. And you never get angry. Does anybody, are there real people in the room that get angry? Put your hand up. All right, thank you, praise God, that the real people came today. And, uh, and, and listen, listen. A lot of times, Christians, we just think that anger is always bad, right? We just try to get it off of us. But Paul in the book of Ephesians says, be angry and don't sin, right? So anger is not always bad. There is such a thing as righteous anger. I mean, you ought to watch the news sometime, and if you see everything happening in the world, and as a people of God, it doesn't cause something righteous anger inside of you to rise up, something's wrong right? There's injustice in the world that the people of God ought to look at and say, that's not right. That, that's evil. And Jesus got mad, walks into the temple, turns over tables. There is such a thing as righteous anger. But how many people know it's real hard to stay on that side? Anybody? How many people know it's real hard to not make it about you and, and somebody's messing with your day and somebody's interrupting your plans? It's really hard to stay on the side of righteous anger, right? Um, you may go Black Friday shopping. Raise your hand if you went Black Friday shopping. Ain't no shame in that game, all right? Ain't no shame in that. I'm not about to make fun of you or bash anything, all right? Only thing now about Black Friday, it's not Black Friday, it's Black Thursday, right? But, but if you, you did that, and, and here's the deal. Anybody go to Walmart or any place like that? My hand's up. Anybody go do something like that on Thursday? Something like that? And a lot of people did, and maybe you did that. And, and here's the thing. You can do that, and you walk in, and all of a sudden, man, you walk in, and there's like thousands of people, and at the end, you have fought the good fight, and your buggy is full, and you got what you wanted, Right? Right, you walking out of Walmart feeling victorious, like you changed the world, right? You got what you wanted. You're pumped and excited that they're going to open that for Christmas. Mission accomplished. You got to check out, and there is 75 people in line in front of you, right? And how many people know that all those 75 people, they all brought all their family members, and their family members are running around Walmart, and they keep coming back putting more stuff in their buggies. And you can feel yourself Coming unglued. Who do these people think they are? I got leftover turkey. I got to get to the house and eat. And inwardly, you've declared war on aisle 13. Right? All these people. It's as if you think that those people have conspired against you to bring you down on that night. And you are just coming undone. You are losing your religion right there in Walmart, if you know what I'm saying. You're just coming undone. But, a part, but, the, but the psalmist is showing, what if we pause for a moment to say, why am I so angry? Why am I so angry? See, see, we can be in a moment like that, and I don't care where that moment is. We'll just use that as an example. We can be in a moment like that, though, and not even thinking about God, but God is thinking about us. Did you know that? And God, God is so committed to making you and I like Jesus that in that moment, listen, God says, listen, I know you've got things to do, but I got some things that I want to do in you. So I'm going to teach you trust and patience right here in Walmart. And listen, if you can learn this discipline, all of a sudden Walmart can just become an oasis where you meet with the Lord, right? It's amazing. Do you worry? What does your worry say about God? 
Are you jealous when you look online maybe and you compare your life to other people? What does that say about who you think God is and who you are? I love that in, the, I love that in Psalm 42, he stops and he talks to himself and he just says, soul, why are you cast down? He starts questioning it. He starts talking to it. Because sometimes, Summit, you got to be your own preacher. You got to preach the sermon that your soul needs to hear. A lot of us mess up because all we do is listen to our emotions when we need to begin talking to our emotions and preaching to our emotions the promises of God and who he is. Now listen, depending on your fight with depression, anxiety, is that the cure? Probably not. Is it a part of the cure? Absolutely. You hear that? You, you got to fight the fight of faith by questioning. I'm preaching to myself. I'm talking to myself. He's talking to himself, verse 5, when he says, hope in God. And if we can do that, we can do the last thing that he teaches us to do, where we let our emotions, the dark things in our lives, we let them drive us to God. I love verse 7. Look at it with me. He says, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. What does that mean? Deep calls to deep. What does that mean? I hear that in worship songs now, and I see that sometimes. What does that mean? Deep calls to deep. Well, see here, this psalmist, he is in the depths of depression. He's at the bottom. He is in deep, and what he discovers is in the deepest, darkest place, there is something deeper, and it is the love of God for him. Listen, I don't know what your deep is this morning, your deep might be some situation your marriage is in. Your deep might be panic attacks, anxiety, depression. Your deep might be anger and bitterness over something that somebody said to you or did to you weeks ago or years ago. Your, your deep might be you had a dream one time and you just let that dream walk by and you see it in the rearview mirror. I don't know what your deep is this morning, but can I tell you, there is something deeper than your darkest depth and it is the love of God for you. Right? I love, I love what Tremper Longman, he's an Old Testament scholar. Tremper Longman says this based off, uh, based off of this verse in Psalm 42. He says, we can view our emotions from the perspective of whether they will lead us to engagement with God or move us away from greater dependence on God. All that means is this. The dark things in your life can drive you to God or away from him. The dark things in your life can drive you to God or away from God. See, God can meet you in your anxiety, in the middle of your anxiety, in that deep place. You can cry out to God, and you can speak the promises of God over your life. God can meet you in your anger, and you can cry out to God, and you can say, God, you gotta help me because I'm probably about to do something that's gonna get me put in jail, right? No matter what your deep is, you can cry out to God. You can meet God there. You might be here today and you're saying, listen, Mark, I feel like God has abandoned me. I feel like God has left me. I feel like I can't, can't, even, I can't even feel the love of God for me anymore. I feel like God has completely let me go. And can I humbly submit to you that he is not? And the reason that I know that he's not and you feel like you are in the darkest place of your life, you are convinced that no one has been to a darker place than you have been right now, can I humbly submit to you that you are not? And the reason that I know you're not is because 2,000 years ago, there was one man 
who went to a dark place that, praise God, none of us ever have to go. And we heard him cry it out, right? On the cross, Jesus Christ screams out, God, why have you forsaken me? And the reason that Jesus went to the darkest place is, because, is so that none of us will ever have to go there. So that in the middle of your darkness, your deep, whatever it is, your deep is not so deep that you can't find Jesus in that place. But it starts with facing it. God, this is where I am. And preaching faith and holding on to the promises of God. And all of a sudden, letting those places be places where we can meet with God. And so I want to give us just a second to learn how to do this. Because maybe we never slow down to do this. Maybe we're just always going and going and going. Our emotions and the way that we feel on the inside dictate and rule our life. And we never pause to say, who is God and where am I? You know, David in Psalm 139 says, God, search my heart. Try me and see if there's any wicked way in me. God, if there's anything in my life that doesn't line up with who you are and who you say I am in Christ, show it to me and I want to meet you in that place. And I want to give us just a moment, just a moment as a church where we can pause and we can say, God, search my heart. God, this is where I am. Right now, might not be pretty, but this is it. And where I am does not change who you are. Where I am does not change who you are. So God, search my heart and change me. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes this, this morning, this afternoon, and kind of put your phones on silent, or if you've got enough faith, just turn those off. And let's just take a second to, to pray exactly what David said. Pray this to God. Search my heart, God. Test my thoughts. Show any wicked way that's in me today. And just sit with that with the Lord. This morning. And maybe what's coming to your mind right now is maybe something from this week as the Spirit of God is, is just bringing something to your mind, maybe a way that you responded to someone or an event this week. Maybe something in your life that, that's been there for years. Maybe it's a grudge that, that you're, you're just holding on to. But God, right now, we want to meet you in that place so that we can change. So that we can begin to see the light of hope break through that darkness. God, we want to meet you in that place so that we can believe your word and your promises and who you are in places that maybe we've never believed who you are. Maybe we've never trusted your word in these kind of places. God, that's why we've done this series. Not so that we can say, well, we talked about that or try to hold some some pep rally that we got excited about maybe for a few minutes on a Sunday. But God, we need to meet you in the dark places. We need to meet you in the depths because in the depths, there is something deeper and it is the love of God for us. And the enemy would tell us, God, in the depths, you don't love us. We would maybe even tell ourselves that, God, when we're in the depths, we're in this darkness and we just got to live here for the rest of our lives. You are calling us out. We are people 
of the resurrection. And so right now, just every child of God in the room right now, I don't know what the Holy Spirit is bringing to your mind in this moment of self-examination, but just, just grab hold of the promises of God right now. All things are working together for the good. So wherever you are, this is not your last chapter. You feel shame, you feel guilt. There is no condemnation for those in Christ. You, you're looking at something in your life and you feel stuck today. Just proclaim that promise that, that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of you. You can change. God's not done with you. So God, right now in this moment, Father, I pray that you would just meet us right here in the depths and we would experience the love of God. Just with every head bowed, with every eye closed. Is there somebody who, who just, in a moment of honesty, say, Mark, I'm in that place right now. I feel like I am in deep. And I am praying that I would know the love of God in ways that I've never known it before. If that's you, would you just put your hand up in the, in the air so I can pray for you? There's somebody right there. There's several hands going up over here. Another one right here in front of me. One over here to my left. Thank you for that. There's another one in the main back to my left. Thank you for that hand. Another one right here in the middle. God bless you for that hand. Just put those hands up. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? And where, if you raise your hand, just begin to lift that to God. God, this is where I am. This is where my kids are. This is where my family is. This, God, I'm here. I have no idea what to do. So I, took, I put my eyes on you today. Because you might be here and you are in that place and maybe the reason that God brought you here is because you've been trying to handle it on your own. You've been trying to fix things on your own. And the reason for that is maybe you don't have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know Jesus as your, as your Lord and Savior? See, Jesus wants a relationship with you. And right now, if you need him in your life, if you want to begin a relationship with him, you want to be saved, be forgiven for all of your sins, and not just have the assurance of eternal life with him, but the assurance that he's with you right now. See, I can promise you, if you give your life to Jesus, today your life doesn't become perfect, but you'll never go through anything alone. Because he will never leave you or forsake you. And so if you want to give your life to Jesus today, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me today. God, I give my life to you right now for the first time. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. God, thank you for coming back from the dead for me. God, I surrender to you today. In Jesus' name. And Father, for, for the rest of us who are here, God, those people who are here, they already have a relationship with you, God, for the church. God, I pray that as we are about to, to leave this service and walk out, God, would you just burn this in our hearts and minds by the Spirit of God. I pray that, that the seed of this word will be planted so deeply in us that no matter what we face today or tomorrow or any day, that that seed would grow and it would produce a harvest and we would begin to be different people in ways we didn't even know was possible, but in ways that are possible because we're people of the resurrection. So God, I thank you for Jesus today. I thank you that there's hope today and that the, de the deepest depth is not deeper than your love. Father, we love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.